Welcome, everybody, to the Taken With You podcast for October 6th, 2013. I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. Welcome to our home. Jade, would you calm down? Amy's dancing with me in the front room right now. No, so arms I'm not. Up, like, arms up that way, and over, and arms up the other way. That's right. Sorry, we couldn't hear you. What? I remember the very first time I saw the thriller video. You do? Yes, it was after my eighth grade graduation. We went over to a friend's house and we watched it on MTV. It was like a premiere that day, I think. Mm. So it was, I, let me see, I graduated in 85, so it'd be 81. Well, I don't remember. Are was you sure? 81 or 80? I right just remember it debuted grade. when I was at a speech uh, contest. At SPU. And, well, maybe uh, it wasn't the debut. That's Seattle Pacific what, University. Do you remember what time of year it was? It was fall time. Okay. Of course it was fall time. It's a Halloween song. But then why did I... Um, I didn't see it until... I was in high school. That was in spring. I was in high school. Yeah, but you're a year older. <laughs> yeah. But I really didn't like it. <laughs> that doesn't surprise <laughs> me at all. The reason I played it today is because not only is it October, but okay. I've been uh, talking to a bunch of my classmates. It's our 30-year anniversary. And this was a song popular when you were in high school? Next year. So yeah. this was a song that was very popular. Yes, Michael Jackson was, was fairly popular when we were in high school. He was popular a lot in a lot of things, a lot of time. Yeah, well, popular when we were little kids. Remember the Jackson 5? A, B, C. Easiest. One, two, three. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. He was so cute as a little boy. All right. Well, this isn't the Michael Jackson show. Okay. Even though I played Thriller at the beginning of it. But it didn't have the Vincent Price opener. Do you notice that? That's fine. I really am not into the spooky stuff. Of a cool show or a cool video. That was one of the first really cool music videos. That was back when MTV. And it cost a lot of money. That was back make. when MTV actually had music videos. Do you oh, you mean that? instead of reality shows or yeah, not really reality shows? Yeah, yeah. I guess I. Don't, yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Well, everybody, welcome to the podcast this week. <laughs> Kind of an odd beginning. But. No, well, I mean, I, I got to see you do the zombie dance, and that was always awesome. Oh, not very And then much. in the middle of it, she's, she starts doing all these cool things and shaking her hands, and I'm going, that's awesome. She was doing <laughs> like she busting some moves right there. I was trying to get you to stop shaking your legs because it was making the chair squeak and coming through the microphone. I couldn't hear it. Well, how could you when you're moving all around? What? <laughs> I wish you could all see what she just did. No, you don't. <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so what's going on with you this week? 
Oh, that's a nice smooth, <laughs> like, go into the next. Change of subject. I don't want to, anyone to visualize me dancing because it's pretty sad. <laughs> okay. You could tell them all you're awesome and they would never know. Oh, okay. Like I have a face for radio, it would be like I have dance moves for podcasts. Right. <laughs> no one would know if I have two left feet, huh? I would. <laughs> okay. I do know that. I know. I have bath. I remember feet. the first time we ever <laughs> danced. And and she it was like dancing with a robot. <laughs> Hello, my name is Amy. Let's ask dance. My dad believed dancing was a sin, so I didn't have a lot of opportunity to learn. It we got this awesome invitation to a really nice dinner party for the, where I worked at. Yeah. And I invited her to come with me. And and I dressed up pretty. We all dressed up really nice and everything, and we were eating, yeah. like, really yummy food and everything, and it was all nice. And we were too young to drink, I think, at that time, weren't we? Yeah, wait. I was only, like, 18, 19 years old. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so everybody was drinking nice. around us, but then they cranked up the music and I said, oh, let's go dance. And I take her out on the dance floor. And seriously, it was like, danger, Will Robinson, danger. <laughs> I tried. I did try. I felt so sad for her because she just, you didn't try. You were stiff as a board. Well, I didn't know how. I you, only had, I'd only danced like two or three dances. You I reminded mean, like, me of the Scarecrow on The Wizard of Oz. Like like three songs all the way through junior high and high school because my dad taught me that dancing was a sin growing up. And so I hardly went to dances. And even if I was working at a dance, I'd feel guilty if I actually danced. So I hardly danced. I mean... I could count the. Dances. And I invented dances like the clam dig and. I could count the times I danced in high school on one hand. I didn't dance very much. Because it was carnal. Well, I taught you how to <laughs> dance finally. Now you can dance. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're married, I fi- I figured well, that was okay. You can dance if you wanna. Yeah. I figured if you're married, you could dance. I mean, if well, we, we were babies. gonna get married, so I don't know why you wouldn't dance with me. Jeez. Well, at that point, I don't. Well, I guess we were engaged. That were we engaged by? Uh, well, we bought our rings where I worked, so yeah. I think we were engaged because yeah. it was a Christmas dinner. I it think. was, and that and would have we been were, a month into our we engagement. Were, yeah, so I guess we. Were I asked engaged. you around um, Thanksgiving. Yep, November seventeenth. You remember the date? Of course. I don't. You're not supposed to let on that you don't remember the date. I remember when we got married. Mm-hmm. I have never forgotten. That's okay. Our youngest I son. I always remember your birthday. Our youngest son couldn't remember his anniversary. He's only been married a couple months. I'm going, oh, you better remember that day. Are you kidding? <laughs> no. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I don't even want to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I'll get in trouble. Okay, anyway, we'll be right back to tell you all the exciting things that happened in our life this last week. And then today you get a special treat. You get to hear a message I did last week at the Raymond First Baptist Church mm-hmm. on and the it, agents of fear. It wasn't on dum, dancing. Dum, 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 dum. Should I do one on the evils of dancing? <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> oh, just a minute. I got to figure out where we're. Okay. Okay. So we'll be right back after this and we'll see you. At, it, well, got to find the end. Oh, there it is. In just a moment. Chicken, have some more pie. It doesn't matter. 
when this came out what eat it we haven't seen you around burger world lately fat you ain't fat you ain't nothing i was just thinking you haven't changed one bit (laughs) you keep comparing me to a 14 year old lately i'm not sure what i think about that oh mercy what it's a great song just eat it you know boys don't grow up their toys just get more expensive (laughs) (laughs) all right You helped me dig potatoes today, though. I dig potatoes. I dug some before you dug them. Yeah, you did. Because I didn't have any potatoes, and I figured the only way I'm going to get potatoes is to go out and dig the potatoes. Yeah, because the other day I was working in Olympia, and you said, we kind of need potatoes. And I said, well, we've got a bunch in the backyard. You just got to go dig them up. So I did. (laughs) Yeah, and I finished them today, and I'm sore. And you have we have yellow fin potatoes. There's a difference, yeah, you know, sure, you between bet, the yeah. the Idaho spuds and the not the russets. The russets russets are, are good. Mm. They're they're okay to bake with, yeah. but um, Scandinavians like to boil their potatoes and make cream peas and potatoes. And so, guess what I made for dinner tonight? You made cream peas and potatoes. Oh, uh, yeah, sure, you betcha. Yeah, but you did it in the microwave, and I don't like them in the microwave. I boiled the potatoes. I just made the white sauce in the microwave. Well, the peas weren't all the way done. Oh, I like them kind of. I don't know how to talk that way. I don't like them. You were doing kind of Irish. Ah, that's right, because I was thinking about the potato famine. Ah. And the fact that I'm going to be writing some more new music now for some history things, except it's American history, not Irish history. I think it was European history before. Well, that one was Ireland. Yeah. The potato famine. Sorry. It went long ago, the Irish something and something of potatoes. Mm -hmm. A million people died, they say, in something 45. A half of the population something, Something. if only to survive. Oh, Um, fled. They fled. 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 If only to survive. Fled. That's a weird word, fled. Hi, I'm Fled Flintstone. They they migrated or immigrated in the case of coming to America. They're coming to America. Boy. Today. We're just random. You just are random. random. You've, you've been random since I married you. Really? Yeah. So, random. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, it's been a, been a pretty crazy, crazy week, I have yeah. to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very busy. So um, what did you do this week other than you haven't started on the the history songs yet, but you've been working on other projects. You've been doing um, medical video game voiceover. voices with some friends of mine. I did English as a second language um, voices mm-hmm. with a friend of ours, Jen. Mm-hmm. Um, I also did, what else did I do this week? I did a bunch of stuff. Yep, you've got a commission to do a, a photography some graphics. stuff. Yeah. What? What? Oh, you're you you're working on um, some photography, putting it into a frame. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A friend of ours um, on Facebook. Well, they've been friends longer than Facebook, but um, she commissioned me to do a cool picture for her kitchen, and mm-hmm. so I've got a. I'm going to put it on canvas, and I'm going to put it into a window frame. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit involved, so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? I think it's going to be more involved than you think. Oh, uh, it always is. Mm-hmm. When is it not? Because you mentioned they were going to stretch it. I know. Uh, and I then know. that I means know. it's going to be different to frame it with I the know this, frame. I know this, I know this, I know this. You might have to build it out somehow. 
Yeah, so it's going to be different, but you know, it'll work. You might have to get a hold of our friends Clyde and Sylvia to help, I think. I think so, probably. I don't know how I'm going to do yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I worked, and then on top of work, I got to help my mom set up for the Habitat for Humanity dinner, which really blessed her. I talked about that last week. I think week. it's so sad, though, people that get the, the um, houses that they, they do dinner and they eat them. But eat no. the people. It's a fundraiser. It's, no, it's a fundraiser to raise money for building materials. Oh, well that's different. And and some specialized labor. So they actually get to live in the house instead of the getting eaten. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. They pick they um have people that apply for a house and then they have to um they get a no interest loan for part of it and um or low interest or something mm -hmm. and then volunteers help build it and there's some people volunteer materials and the people who are buying it also are supposed to do so many hours like 500 hours like painting and working on their own home so they get some sweat equity in it and coolness so it's a neat program to help people who maybe couldn't have afforded to get a traditional loan or or save up to to have a house well i have to say to everybody yeah, that's very cool i have to say to everybody that my wife knows more star trek than she know than she realizes oh no i realize it i do realize it i'm not necessarily happy about it but i do realize just the it. other day she quoted a Star Trek show when I wouldn't help her move the tulips to the driveway. The, the, the what are they called? The tulip pots, the planters. Yeah, they were big, heavy planters. And she wanted me to move them. I didn't want to. And so what did you say? I said, yeah, you just sit around, drink a pint, and let the women do all the work. Which is from Up the Long Ladder, a TNG episode, where they pick up some uh, Irish immigrant people. Mm -hmm. What's the matter, Will Riker? Don't you like women? Remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I can quote too much, too many lines from Star Trek. Way too many lines. Worf goes, nice women. Nice house, good tea. That's a different episode. Oh. But that's also one of his lines, or two of them. Worf's lines are some of the easiest and best. To remember, because there's usually only two word sentences. Yeah. Push, Keiko. <laughs> Push. I am pushing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, I like Worf. What do the women do? Or what do the men do? They duck. And quote, quote, love, love poetry. poetry and duck. Oh, and duck. I'm sorry. sorry, sorry. Got to get it right. I guess so. I guess I, I just was corrected by my wife on a Star Trek line. I think one time we had a Star Trek themed um, get together. A um, couple times we did that. And we had Star Trek trivia. And I believe that I maybe either tied okay, or won. All right. I'm going to do something special now. Okay. I'm going to play some Star Trek music. I'm not as music oriented. No, no. Are. I'm going to play some Star Trek music, and then you're going to say the first thing that comes to your mind, Star Trek wise, when I say a word. Okay. You ready? It can be anything in Star Trek. It just has to be Star Trek. Okay. Okay, Maestro. All right, here we go. Ready? Jean Luc. The well, okay, but say it a little louder and a little... Can you get in the microphone? Picard. Okay, great. All right, ready? Transporter. What? Come on, you got to go faster than Miles this. Miles O'Brien. Well, that's the idea, but but just kind of flow a little bit more, okay? You ready? Tricorder. Spock. Well, that's good. Okay. Um, the Medusans. Snakes. I don't know. <sighs> This is failing miserable. Let's try it. Let's try it. How do I do this different? I, right. I bet you if I said things about like Little House on the Prairie, you'd get it faster. Maybe. No. It, it didn't work like I thought it was going to. Yeah. So. Let's, let's go But if on. you did it, I would be able to do it. Yeah. Counselor Cleavage. Troy. 
Commander Sleazeball. The game. No, it was Will Riker. I know what it was. The game is the... <laughs> he was a sleazeball in the game. Okay, go ahead. He was a sleazeball all the way Come through. Come on, just keep going. Um, Wimpy Boy. The boy has a name. What's his name? Well, I know his name. <laughs> that, I was saying what the line... You, know, you don't get it. It's not like they, there's an answer for it. It's word association. Gee whiz, forget this. Good. I didn't want to start it. Come to on, begin can, with. try a couple more. Alien species. Try it. Ready? You like say something about it and I'll tell you what they are. Ready? Go. Hands extended. Vulcan. No. What? No, it's it's the one where Captain Picard is his on arms the, open wide. His arms T open wide. Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. Tanagra. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, that wasn't what I meant. Oh. Okay. Come on. Come on. Try again. Gorn. Pa what? Gorn. No. No. I'm supposed to say the species. <laughs> that would have been lizard, lizard man. With <laughs> Gorn. Okay. Um, <laughs> Joan Collins. Human on the city of forever, <laughs> edge of forever. The sun. Uh, sun worshippers. Uh, Gladius. <laughs> Can we not do this? Come on, keep going. You're going to no, do great. You're doing great. No, this is like super, super boring. No, okay, it's not. Everybody loves it. Don't you all love this? No. They all love this. Okay, how about this? I'll expand it to any sci-fi series whatsoever. Say it, and I'll tell you what it is. Logan's. Run. <sighs> you blink... <laughs> Dirty. Planet of the Apes. <laughs> um. I'm good. Come on now. Monolith. Uh, 2001. Um, oh, man. <laughs> this isn't fair. Okay. Okay. Um. Okay. okay. <laughs> Boy, I can't believe you're so stumped. This is so weird. Oh, well. You I don't see you speechless very often. Well, you you know, if you give me some time, you just sprung this on time. me. Time. Um, it was from um, Generations. Um, uh, the guy, uh, Sor Saren. Soren. What year? Time is the fire in which we burn. Um, back to the... Future, of course. <laughs> Marty! Hey, McFly! You know, I I really can we just start the whole podcast over? <laughs> no, this is like the world's no, worst no. podcast. <laughs> it is like the world's most boring podcast that is totally pointless. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's worst podcast. Can we with your host Amy Moyer, Rick like, Moyer, cut, and the most boring subjects ever? Cut the last twenty minutes. No, it no, has been no, so no. Lame. It is. It's not lame. It is lame. No, it's not. Okay, why don't you play your your message and then we'll talk again? Because <laughs> this is like no so transitions, boring. no transitions, none, none, none. You are calling my message boring. Is that what no, you're I'm saying? I'm saying what we're talking about is boring. <sighs> To you, maybe not to me, not to most of the audience. Honey, not everyone who listens to this is into science fiction. Mostly everyone. Do you know that? I I know it for a fact. Okay, if you're listening to this podcast and you are not an avid sci-fi listener, then you're not listening. They're not listening. You really think so? Mm hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, how are we ever going to know if they don't write to us? Write to us. You can write to us at rick at takenwithyou.com or uh -huh. amy at takenwithyou.com. And tell us if you are a sci-fi nut or not. Nut or not. Yes. So just write nut or not nut. Sci-fi. Hello, I am not nut. Sci-fi nut or not sci-fi nut. Or I think I am half. You have to half. write robot dancer. I like the mortal instruments. Okay, Amy, let's dance. <laughs> okay, so let's let's move on. <clears throat> we shall move on now. 
Okay, now this is a message that Rick gave last week at the Raymond First Baptist. Was it okay? Because you really didn't say much. Yeah, I I think it it was kind of. I'm trying to remember it. You don't remember any of it. It was called the Agents of Fear. Oh yes, I do remember all of it now because there's like four four like acronyms or what do you call those things? Well, it wouldn't be four acronyms. It'd be one acronym with four different. Letters. Agents of fear. Yeah, there's four letters in, in the word fear, and mm-hmm. you had an agent for each one of the letters. That is correct. I bet you can't name them again. <laughs> there was Ensign. Um, Ensign was the E one. Ensign. Um, <laughs> oh, why, why don't well, I? I don't, can't believe you're actually going to attempt this because that's not really <laughs> probably a good idea. And then there was. The last one was <laughs> the last one you thought was okay, was really a stretch. That the, the F was failure, right? Um, something failure. Fear of failure. Fear of failure. Then there was ensign somebody. <laughs> it starts with an E. And we're getting a a, a, a call right uh, now. Yeah. While we're doing that, well, and I can't answer it. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Sorry, sorry. Oh, okay. You probably could have answered it on your No, we can't hear him, though. Oh, okay. On our program, sorry. So, um, yeah, and the last one was a long one, so that's why I'm not even going to try to remember that one. Because <laughs> it had a long name. Oh, why can't I remember? Okay, it's not Risk. Ruin. Ruin, okay. Okay. <sighs> That one was a long one, though. You can't blame me for not remembering that one. All right. Well, why don't we play the message, and then we'll be back afterwards. Agents of fear. Okay. Here we go. I'm so glad everybody uh, floated into church today. We have been uh, taking a collection for an ark, just in case. Uh, and, and the animals have been acting strangely, partnering up and knocking on the door. I don't know what the deal is, but uh, I'm glad you're here today. I want to um, share with you a message that I believe is at the core of of who I am, because um, when I came to the Lord, it was, uh, you heard my story, it was a rather dramatic experience for me. I was at a rock concert. I was a youth pastor. I had a bunch of kids at the rock concert with me, and then I came to know the Lord. Didn't know Him from a hole in the ground before. And then all of a sudden, I became aware of who He was and what he, His plan for my life. And uh, interesting, they say that the way you come to the Lord is also the way that you become effective for the Lord. And uh, the guy that shared the gospel with me was a very unique individual. Long stringy hair, leather pants, and a t-shirt, and uh, played the, harmon- the blues harmonica, but, but preached it straightforward. And that guy told it how it was. And uh, I appreciated his frankness and his... Um, and his straightforwardness it was very, very good for me. And I've always been like that ever since I came to know the Lord. It's, it's something that I think is important that we 
share the message in a way that we all can understand. I'm not too much on the religious aspect of it. You won't hear me talk like this. Uh, I'm not going to be, I'm not really into the high church thing. Um, traditions are great if they're done with meaning. But uh, to me, it's a relationship that matters more than the religion, if that makes sense. So, with that in mind, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Your Bible is an amazing thing as we gaze into it. It always speaks something to us that will help us. And even more, your spirit activated in it causes change in our hearts and our lives. And it helps us to be all that we are called to be in you. Would you show us today, Lord, a little bit more of your plan for our lives and help us to be more like you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Never forget, I was sitting in a, um, in a meeting with some, some friends of mine and we were talking about various things about God and, and somebody brought this a little book in that they'd been reading and uh, it was called Who Moved My Cheese? I don't know if you've ever read that before, but actually it's a very good book. It uh, really challenges you on how to deal with change in your life. Actually, there's a lot of biblical things to it, even though it doesn't come out and have scripture in it. It is definitely scriptural. Uh, one of the questions, though, that was in the book was, if you weren't afraid, what would you do? And we started talking about it. And I remember this young lady that was very talented saying, if I wasn't afraid, what would I do? And she started just sharing her dreams of what she would do. But she was too afraid to do any of it. But this is what she thought she might be able to do and would like to do if she wasn't afraid. And it got me to thinking that every one of us has that element in our lives that sometimes we're afraid of things and so we don't do what we really want to. And I can't blame some people because it's scary. Sometimes it's very scary. The things that maybe God has spoken to your heart or, or kind of gifted you to do, you may not want to do it because you're maybe a little scared. Well, I'm convinced that when we're born, we have a couple of options. We come out, wow, I remember when my first kid was born, about passed out, it was so different. It was pretty awesome, but it also really different. I'm not real one for medical stuff. So it was an experience. My little kid's crying and everything. I'm looking and going. But I believe in that hospital room right there, there stood the destiny that God had for my son. And also, there was another presence in the room, and I believe it's the enemy of our souls. Now, we can call him the devil or Satan or whatever you want to call him. And you may say, well, I don't know if that's really a literal... yeah." Trust me on this one. The enemy is real. And guess what? Just as much as God has a destiny and a plan for our lives, so does the devil. Now that sounds kind of weird. But I want, I'm going to show you today that the devil has a plan for your life and he is actively pursuing it. With the agents of fear. It's true. We've got a lot of different texts that we're going to go through. Just short little verses that go along with what we're talking about today. But uh, get ready because we're going to spell out the word fear. And we're going to talk about the different agents of fear that stop us from fulfilling the destiny that God has for us. Now I believe that fear is the opposite of faith. You think about it for a moment. Basically, fear, or, or fear is believing in what the devil says. And faith is believing in what God says. So both of them are kind of a a faith-oriented thing. Fear is kind of faith in the devil. Faith in the bad things that are being said. That's what fear really is. And of course, we've all heard the acronym, false evidence that appears real. Fear. What is faith? In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, What is faith? It's the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it up ahead. Now you think about what worry is. Worry is very similar to faith, except you're putting your faith in something bad that's going to happen. You're worried. Oh no, what if, now you can't see what's going to happen, but you know it's going to be bad. 
Remember that cartoon that was on Saturday mornings? It'll never work. That little guy that sat on top of the dog. I don't remember what it was called. But it was the little, the little pessimist, I called him. You know, we, all, we all can be that way. and We all have people like that in our lives. They're always worrying. They're always concerned that something is going to be bad up ahead. They're putting faith in something bad is going to happen. Very easy to do. But I believe that one of the best ways of combating the enemy is to know his strategy. Some of the biggest wars have been won and battles have been won because somebody got intelligence on what the other side was doing and they headed him off at the pass. So, let me take you into a little world here because I've been watching that new show, The Shield, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and it's interesting, they have a conglomeration of people that go and they help find superheroes and all these different... We love, we're so fascinated with superheroes in our culture. I mean, way back when, Superman was it. He still is. People love that idea that there's somebody that can champion the cause, that can be supernatural, that can, can go over everything else to, to help the underdog, the superhero. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're a superhero, and you don't even know it. God has handpicked you and given you a, an amazing life to do great things in. But oftentimes, we, instead of getting our orders from God, get our orders from the agents of fear. That being said, I want to share with you Satan's instructions to various commanders in his army about you. The first one we're going to talk about is commander failure. All right, let's talk about him. Here is his instructions and orders from Satan. Make sure they are afraid of failing. So much so that they won't even try. Get them to doubt themselves in every area and especially to ignore the scripture. Let worry and self-doubt paralyze them until they're satisfied with living unfulfilled, fear-filled lives. Now, how many of us can relate to some of that? Anybody? Sure. I can. That little whisper that's in the ear. Guess where it's coming from? It's not coming from God. Did you know that God didn't give us a spirit of fear? Did you know that? He gave us a spirit of love, of power, of, of a sound mind. That's pretty cool. He didn't give us a spirit of failure. And you know, God's idea of success is different than ours. We might think success is having lots of money and sports cars and, and land and all these things. Guess what? God doesn't, that's not impressive to God. Not at all. In fact, all of us, every one of us in reality is a failure. We all are already without Christ. But with Christ, with the redemption and the, the forgiveness of sin that comes with believing in Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, you become worthy, you become accepted, you become clean, you become unique. See, it's not about our works. It's about our relationship. And it's all about Jesus. Because see, you're not a failure because of what Jesus has done for you. So when commander failure comes to talk into your ear, you, you'll never be able to make it. You, you know what? Don't even start. You'll never, you'll never succeed. When he says those kind of things, all you have to do is say, wait, wait, wait. I know for a fact that God has made me a success. Yeah, sure, in the natural I'm a failure without Jesus, but I have Jesus on my side. I'm serving Christ. That makes you a success. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatever to him. In other words, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loved us so much that he saw a worthless people because of our sin and decided I love them even if they are in sin. I care about them. I'm going, to take, I'm going to take care of them. And that's how much God loves us. So commander failure, he doesn't succeed. We serve him notice. 
The reality is you're not a failure to Jesus and you don't need to be afraid of failing. In fact, fear of failure stops us from taking a risk of living. One, one thing that we need to believe is that God will take care of us and has a hold on our lives and loves us more than we could ever know. All right, let's go on to another one of the agents of fear. This is ensign embarrassment. Have you ever been scared to do something because you don't want to be embarrassed in front of everyone? Here I am. Here's what Satan's instructions to ensign embarrassment is. Maybe you can relate. Make them uncomfortable and extremely aware of themselves. Make them focus on their sin and shortcomings. Make sure they always are afraid of being exposed in front of others for who they, quote, really are. Convince them they are more of a sinner than anyone else they know of or know. Boy, have you ever been convinced of that? Have you ever heard that voice? It's really interesting. Some, some brands of religion will, will do this. They'll concentrate so much on sin every single Sunday. And they're preaching against it, preaching against it, preaching against it. And what happens? The entire congregation is in a bunch of sin. Why is that? I'll tell you why. I call it the chocolate chip theory. Have you ever, can you imagine this? Take a fresh, oh, like Sue's chocolate chip cookies. The best ever. I've tried to reproduce them. I can't make them. You have a gift. But you imagine she just bakes a fresh batch of chocolate chip cookies. Are you hungry yet? Mmm, I get to smell them. Gooey when you... Mm-hmm. She puts the plate in the middle of the table. And she gets little Donovan and she sets him in a chair by the table. And says to him, No, you cannot have these chocolate chip cookies. Don't touch them. And you can see him looking at them. Ooh, those look pretty good. Please, please. No, you can't have any of them. I'm going to go out here for a minute. Don't touch the cookies. These cookies. You can smell. Mmm, they smell good. And they probably taste excellent. But no, you cannot have this cookie right here. See the cookies? They're really good. Don't touch the cookies. Now, how many people know when she walks out of the room, what's going to happen? How do you resist that when you've been looking at them and talking about them and wondering what they taste like and touching them and, oh my gosh, we just love... What do we do with sin? Why do we spend so much time concentrating on the sin and the garbage and then expect to think that we're not going to get into it? Well, I believe it's because of this. It's, a, it's an order from the devil. Get them distracted. Get them looking at themselves. Let them be selfish and concerned to what others are going to think, so much so that they don't really concentrate on others. But they simply concentrate on the sin. And guess what? Satan goes, yeah, victory. Some of us can spend all of our lives being hard on ourselves and very afraid of being embarrassed. I think if the devil can convince us to look at ourselves so much so that we don't notice others and the help they need, then he's done his work. We become ineffective believers because we're inward focused. Here's the reality. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once and we got it all wrong, as we know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now, we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone. A new life burgeons. Look at it. All this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. God put the word square within himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he's doing. We are Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. 
We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. Can you imagine if that was our focus? Instead of all the bad things that we might do and all the struggles that we have, what if we thought about really seriously reaching out to those people around us? Sure, it's no doubt we're all sinners. But guess what? We're also saved by grace. And that puts us in a different place. All right, how about another one? Maybe you've heard this one before. Satan has in his agents of fear, Admiral Average. He's a really, he's a heavy hitter. Admirals are up there in rank. What they say goes. Here's what Admiral Average's orders are from the devil. Convince God's children that they are not special in any way. That at best, they're average, and they don't really have a purpose to exist. Above all, don't let them discover their talents or their calling in life. Convince them they have nothing to offer. Eh, I'm average. Let them become consumed with simply existing and then medicating their lives through substance abuse or self-entertainment. Wow. How many of us have been in that boat? Oh, I don't really have anything to offer. You know, even the most talented person, when they look in the mirror, if they're serving God, will hear this kind of thing. Because Satan doesn't have any new tricks. He uses the same old, same old. And Admiral Average is around all the time. Always speaking into our lives, trying to get us to not believe what God says about us. We're all in the same boat. Take away the fact that we're created by God and everything starts to go downhill. One of the things that makes us special and unique in this world is the fact that I believe we are created by God. Now, you can hear a lot of other theories out there. People say, well, we're just an accident. We're just by happen chance. The, you know, the Big Bang Theory, poof, there we were. But, ladies and gentlemen, it's a lot easier to believe that somebody built this pulpit than just a bunch of random things were sitting around and went, hey, you know what, I think we're all going to come together and make a pulpit. Poof, there I am. I, I much more believe that somebody handcrafted this and put it into place. And this is just a piece of wood that holds up some things that I'm reading. The human body, an animal, a tree, a blade of grass. Really? It just came into existence? It just happened to come together? I don't think so. I think God created it. And more so, I think God created you and me. That makes us unique. That makes us special. Yeah, we make mistakes and yeah, we sin. But we have a Redeemer. I don't think that we're all Superman and Wonder Women. I think we're special because we're God's children. You are not a mistake. You are not average. You are loved. And God says in the Bible that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Here's the reality of it. Psalm 139 verses 13 through 16 say, Oh yes, you shaped me first inside and then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelous, marvelously, I can't say that word, marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something like an open book. You watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. That's pretty awesome. So, guess what? You might think you're average, but you're not. You're extraordinary. You're made by God with a purpose and a reason for living. So, Admiral Average can shut up. We won't take his orders. And last but not least, one of Satan's probably biggest uses of what happens in our lives is damaged goods inspector ruined. Inspector ruined, he's really, he's really kind of a shifty character. 
Because he's convinced many, many people that they are of no use at all because of what's happened to them in their life. Here's what Satan's orders for Inspector Ruined is. Persuade people that because of past experiences, they are damaged goods. Damaged beyond repair and unuseful to God and society. Dig up the past and all the bad stuff that's been done to them and that they have done to others. Remind them of all the baggage they carry and how it has ruined their life and they'll never be effective for Jesus. How many have ever felt like, I don't think I could do that because of some stuff that I've done in my past? Anybody? Am I the only one? Sure. I think, oh man, I don't think so. I mean, after all, this and this. But here's the real facts. The more stuff we've been through, the more compassion enters into our lives. When I was a young man, I remember preaching and counseling people and telling them all this different stuff. And I, I really wish I could go back and take back half of it. Because I didn't know anything. I hadn't even lived life hardly. And I, yet I was telling people, I had not been through things that these people were going through. And I was here, I was giving them advice. Now that I look back, I think, oh, that was really foolish of me. But the fact is, after we went through some stuff, Amy and I became much more compassionate towards people that were going through similar things. And not just similar things, but we could relate to some of the things in life that we didn't, we never thought about what it would feel like. But you know that some of the things that you've gone through, even though the devil meant them for harm, God turns them and makes them for good. That's the beauty of being a believer. The real fact is we all are damaged goods because the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But when we put our faith in Christ and what he did for us and we seek him with all of our heart, we let grace heal our lives and help our hearts then we are people filled with grace and compassion. We're more usable than those who haven't been through the ringer. Don't let anyone convince you that because you went through a rough time that you cannot be effective for God. In fact, you can be more effective now because you can relate. I love that scripture that, that, that makes Jesus totally on the, uh, on the, on the level of, with us because it says that he's gone through everything that we have. I mean, he became human. That was the reason, one of the reasons that he came to this earth. So he could identify with what we feel and what, who we are. And the Bible says that he even knows what it's like. And that's why he's so compassionate. That's why he's so loving and caring for it to us. Don't let anybody ever tell you you're ineffective because you've been through rough times. In fact, let the rough times help you shine. In John chapter 10, it says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Anybody ever felt like you've been stolen from? You've been thumped on? You've been tried to be destroyed before? Yeah, I have many times. Guess what? The Bible also says my purpose, Jesus, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So it's Satan's purpose to destroy us, but it's Jesus' purpose to to give us a rich, satisfying life in Him if we pay attention to Him. I love this. There was a lady that was a prostitute. She'd been into some really rough stuff. And she was paying extra special attention to Jesus. We won't go into the tradition of that time, but let's just say it was a big deal. She was, she was ministering to Him by cleaning His feet with her hair and perfume and all these other things and and boy, people were all upset because this riffraff was in the room and, and she was being nice to Jesus. And Jesus wasn't saying, get lost, you prostitute. He wasn't saying that. He was letting her do this. And they're all like, oh, how dare Jesus do this? Love their attitude. Yeah. And Jesus says, I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only a little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? 
And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Did you hear what that said? It said that she'd been forgiven much and therefore she loved much. There was something about her that was compassionate and beautiful. And those that have been forgiven a little, they love a little because they don't realize what grace is all about. We do. So now we can say to the old inspector ruined, I don't care what you say. Yeah, I have been ruined, but ruined in a good way. Because God can use me now to do things that I could have never done before. In conclusion, I want to say that fear paralyzes us. And if you've ever been uh, paralyzed by fear, you know what I'm talking about. Fear causes people not to start the business they were supposed to. Fear causes people not to marry the person they were supposed to marry. Fear causes people not to go for that job interview that they knew they were supposed to go for. Fear stops somebody from speaking up when a friend is in trouble and they should say something. We can just go on and on. Fear stops and paralyzes people in many, many ways. I've been there. But faith, ladies and gentlemen, sets us free. Faith. Who we listen to may just determine what our lives turn out to be. Are we going to listen to the agents of fear? Or are we going to listen to the God of faith? Well, I know what I'm going to pick. And I'm going to try my hardest not to listen to the agents of fear. But I want to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to His church, His body, you and I. Let's pray. Lord, every one of us can relate probably to every one of these agents of fear. We've been there. We've experienced it. Maybe we're even in it right now. But you, Lord, supersede any voice that the enemy might be throwing at us. You, Lord, are the one that gives us faith to, to go forward. You're the one that um, really energizes us, gives us purpose. Lord, we don't want to have a spirit of fear. We don't want what the devil has to offer. We want what you have. We want the faith that you have to fill our hearts. And this morning, Lord, we say we believe in you. We believe in your calling in our lives. We believe that you have the best intentions for us and the best purposes and the best plan. And we choose to serve you. Please, Lord, grab a hold of our hearts this week and show us. Let us have courage to risk a life lived for you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Thank you, everybody. Who's going to talk first? I think you just did. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, there was my message called The Agents of Fear. Yeah. What'd you think? Well, I kept awake on Sunday when I heard it the first time. Just <laughs> fine. <laughs> what are you trying to say? No, it's it was good. You know, and I think it's, Someone mentioned when, whenever you go preach there that they like it because it's practical. And that's always a good thing. This one was a little bit more on the churchy side, but that's okay. Yeah, but... I so, try not to do that very often, but... Uh, but, you know, a lot of times people are really crippled by fear, you know? And, they're, and I, one of my favorite movies is... Um, not a science fiction one, but it's a cute. It's based on a real story called We Bought a Zoo. Uh -huh. And in that movie, the dad talks about when he met the mom. 
to the kids. He's explaining when he met her the first time and that he saw her and he really wanted to go talk to her. And he he said, all you need, kids. All you need is love. No, no. He said, all you need is 20 seconds of courage and your world can be changed forever. I mean, that might not be exactly a direct quote, but the 20 seconds of courage is. And, yeah. and I thought, you know, sometimes we're afraid to do things that we think, wow, that could be life-changing. That could really be a cool thing to do. And it might mm-hmm. just be helping someone else out. And you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I should do that. What if they look at me weird or <laughs> whatever, you know? And, and sometimes it takes courage to do something nice for someone yeah you know because you're afraid that you'll be rejected or it's true or you know but um courage is a good thing i mean you don't want to be stupid but but you can't be controlled by fear either or you don't live it's true i i think that that people that don't take risks i mean it's comfortable sometimes but they don't get really where they want to go yeah and I think that's why it's important to have faith in our lives, because without faith, I have a lot harder time taking risks. Well, and there's a scripture, too, that says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And without um, having food in your hand, you can't feed that cat right there. Which they want to eat. They're hungry. They're they're doing really weird things right now because we haven't fed them yet. Mm-hmm. Our dog is sleeping nice. in a recliner. I and our cats fed, are asking us to eat. Well, I already fed the dog. So the dog's happy, but the cats aren't. Okay. They're going to eat our kidneys soon if we don't feed them. <laughs> you know, you have to qualify that because people <laughs> go, what is she talking about? Why would a cat eat your kidney? We saw a commercial oh. for a, a, a block of programming called Midnight Spank. It's bad. <laughs> I don't. We don't watch it. But it <laughs> it's not even on anymore. It. But they had this series of commercials where one of them was a guinea pig that was talking to this the owner, and and it was telling him that he had to watch Midnight Spank on Spike TV or something like that. And if he didn't, he would eat his other kidney. And then the camera pans back, and the sheet's all bloody. That's gross. And the guinea pig's but, looking in this camera. We, Every once in a while, our cats will look at us a certain way, and, and we we'll go, and we just Do you want me to eat your other kidney, and they kind of have that look. Yeah. Like, how do we get into that? Here we, we go from "Don't be afraid" to guinea pigs eating kidneys. It's our house. It's yeah. our family. I don't know what to say about that. Well, why don't we pray for everybody, and then we'll head that out. That sounds like a great idea. You can pray for our family too, for you and I. That we won't be so strange. Go ahead. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for all these awesome people that listen to the podcast. We pray, God, that you really would help us not to be people that are afraid or have a spirit of fear, but we would have a spirit of faith like you want us to have. And that you would um, grab a hold of our hearts and help us to take those risks that we need to take and to have courage to follow you. That's our prayer. I, I pray for everyone going through a real hard time right now that you would help them and comfort them and give them grace and peace and come to their rescue, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. Have a great, fantastic, and awesome rest of the week. Go ahead, dear. Oh, your spiel. I already said how to get a hold of us, so I'll just go on to this. This has been a Moyer Multimedia LLC. LLC production mm-hmm. copyright 2013 all rights reserved why thank you mom you did so good well I did mess up a little yeah you're okay but that wouldn't be normal if we didn't bye everybody see you next time on the take him with you podcast let's dance oh mercy <laughs> <laughs>